Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I love Anchor because it allows me to record without having to spend thousands of dollars on equipment that I would probably have difficulty using anyways. So Anchor makes it all possible with a simple app. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me, Lou Mavs, and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You're listening to the Music is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mavs. On the Rat Sound Review Network. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. It's Lou Mavs back with the Music is Life podcast. Wow, shocker. Two episodes back to back. Who would have guessed it? Well, you know, I did my little tribute to Neil Peart yesterday. uh, My favorite drummer of all time. And thought I'd... uh, follow it up with, you know, my usual ramblings, but uh, just want to welcome you again to the Music is Live podcast available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and exclusively through the Rat Salad Review Network. Wayne, don't kill me. I realize this is more content than you expected from me in a week, but deal with it. You haven't heard from me in a month. Love you, buddy. Anyways, Coming to you live from Le Studio Carola, waiting for the artwork of me with a guitar in my hands, hanging out with your head against the back seat of the car. I, I don't know. I, Wayne mentioned that he wanted to um, do a new animation of me with a guitar in my car, playing along, strumming along as a uh, gag on the whole Le Studio Carola gag. But I'll explain where that came from, because I used to listen to this podcast called The Art of Wrestling with Cole Cabana, and he would say, and and he was doing it from his studio apartment. So he said, coming to you live from the studio apartment, you know, as a uh, little gimmick of his, which I thought was funny. So I thought I'd do Le Studio Corolla, because the only time I really get to do for my podcast is when I'm by myself in my 2012 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Can't do it indoors because the wife is sleeping, the baby's sleeping, the puppy's sleeping, and I don't want to wake anybody up. So I'm out of my car where nobody bothers me. Although if you hear any rumblings and stuff in the background, uh, supposedly we're getting a snowstorm this weekend. Did I say supposedly? Oh my God. Faux pas on my end, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. I am a, what you will call a grammar Nazi, and uh, 
Not a Nazi Nazi suit. It's a grammar Nazi. So take it easy, SJW. Shut up. Um, I meant to say supposedly. Supposedly, there is a snowstorm that is coming to the metro New York area, including the suburbs, which Long Island is a suburb of New York City, in case anyone didn't realize that. So, uh, you know, the, 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 their winds are blowing. So, just be safe, everybody. That's all I say. All I gotta say. So, last night I was do- I did uh, my little tribute to Neil Peart, and, you know, I realized that I've kind of been off the air for about a month, and, you know, again, I do apologize for the absence, the length of time that I was gone for, but, uh, you know, uh, it being the Christmas season, you know, and my daughter, you know, getting older, you know, uh, daddy had to work hard to make sure that she got what she wanted. Well, not what, what is a, what does a 17 month old really want except food, toys, and milk? But, you know, uh, she's really into Sesame Street. So I got her mostly like Elmo stuff and, you know, she's loving it and I'm really happy that she's into, you know, like the Sesame Street Muppets. So I'm hoping I can get her into like the Muppets, like Kermit the Frog type Muppets as she gets older. Uh, would also love to turn her on to Star Wars and, um, you know, uh, the Marvel, uh, the Marvel films and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. She's only seven, you know, she's 17 going on 18 months old. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, anyways, so a lot of stuff going on in the, uh, music world. Uh, before I go on to that though, I just want to say that Hard Drive has, uh, two concerts coming up this weekend. Hard Drive is my band. Uh, we are playing a four-hour show at Treme in Islip on Friday, uh, January 17th from 8 to midnight. Uh, $10 to get in. Please call ahead of time and reserve a table. And we're also making our debut at a venue in West Hempstead called G's, G's Nightclub. That show's at 8.30. So... Hoping you get to come down to one of the shows. Um, my wife got me an incredible Christmas gift. She got me a Jackson Adrian Smith uh, quilt top uh, SD. Uh, I think that's a San Dimas uh, guitar. Basically, it's a Strat with 22 frets, a Fender... Uh, similar similar to a fender headstock with a humbucker pickup in the bridge and two single coils one in the middle and one by the neck and a floyd rose bridge of which guy brogna of all music in plain view actually put the eddie van halen detuna on the low e string which allows me to go from e standard to drop d in no time so thank you to Guy for hooking me up with that. And thank you to my beautiful wife for getting me such an awesome guitar. Uh, I've been playing the Fender Strap for a while. And I still love the Strap, but I realize I... God forgive me when I say this, because I know a lot of guitar players out there swear by the Strat. I hate single coils. That 60-cycle hum drives me crazy. So currently my Fender Strat's actually in the shop getting modified with a DiMarzio Super Distortion pickup, which is in the size of a single coil, but it's got the two 
magnetic lines the same way as a humbucker would, which should give me like a better tone and no 60 cycle hum in the strat. So looking forward to getting that back. Um, I definitely recommend if you're going to get your guitar set up or if you want to purchase quality instruments, please go to uh, Guy Brogna and All Music Incorporated in Plainview on the corner of Woodbury Road and South Oyster Bay Road. And for the record, uh, Guy's not paying me to say that. Though I would love to have him as an advertiser on the show. We'll see what happens in, uh, in due time. But uh, Guy's my boy. And I love heading down to his music store to check out uh, what he's got. I mean, the man stocks, Les Pauls, uh, Jacksons, Ibanezes, Epiphones, uh, Fenders, Squires. Uh, he's got an excellent assortment of basses and a wide assortment of the EVH Wolfgangs. And also some of the uh, Stripe models, such as the Frankenstrat and the Bumblebee. Uh, didn't see the white, the black and white one though, but that Bumblebee is amazing. I, I, that, that's a guitar that I would love to own one day just because I love the, uh, black and yellow look with it. Uh, I, I, it, I don't know. It just kind of, it sticks out to me. It's, it's a beautiful instrument. So, uh, one day that will be mine. Oh yes, it will be mine. So what's going on in the music world? that I can make comment on. Um, well, David Lee Roth is back on the road. Uh, currently, he just did a, I think it was a three-night stand in Vegas. Band sounded good. I can't say the same about Dave the first night. I mean, like, what the hell were you thinking? Okay. Okay. Here's, I love David Lee Roth. He is my favorite frontman uh, of all time. You know, like, he he was part, like, Borscht comedian with, like, rock star, you know, a pro wrestler meets meets rock star with, like, this Genghis Khan, kill them all. What's the line from Conan the Barbarian? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and inherit the limitations of the women type mentality. You know, he he was king. King rock star, in my opinion. And the way he acts now, with that creepy smile of his, it's like Vegas gone wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Don Rickles smiled this much. And if he did, he wasn't as creepy looking. Dave, calm down with that show with, with that show business smile of yours. It's scaring the kids. You're scaring the kids, Dave. Uh, <laughs> but by the second night, he sounded a little better. So that's that's great. Maybe he decided, you know what? He's really got to tone it down because he's got a you know a reputation to maintain as David Lee Roths and. On top of that, he is now opening for the 2020 leg of the Kiss End of the Road Farewell Tour. You know, is it enough to make me want to go to that? No, it isn't. 
I saw Kiss on what I thought was their farewell tour in twenty in, in two thousand, with them headlining uh, Skid Row with jo- uh, Johnny Solinger as their lead singer, and Phil Verone from Saigon Kick and from many vivid videos. Ugh. Nasty. Uh, on drums and with Ted Nugent as the uh, second act. And to me, when Kiss announced that they were going on a farewell tour, like, I believed it. And I wanted to see the original lineup at least once in my life. So I was like, well, at least I'm going to go see them on their farewell tour. Needless to say, it wasn't their farewell tour because they replaced Peter Chris with Eric Singer. Not only did they replace Peter Chris with Eric Singer, they put Eric Singer in Peter Chris's Catman makeup and costume. And next thing you know, Tommy Thayer wound up in the band. Now, before you say anything, I have nothing against Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. I think they're both really good musicians. And I'm not going to lie, the band does sound tight musically. I think Eric Singer is a phenomenal drummer. I've seen him live with Alice Cooper, and the man didn't miss a beat. He was a great showman. Uh, Tommy Thayer, you know, you can definitely tell he worships at the throne of Ace Frehley because, you know, he's he plays Ace's solos very cleanly, and I give him all the credit for in the world for that. Um... My issue is, I just wish that Kiss had given them their own costumes. Um, Because I feel that putting the current members, the current replacement members, in the original founders' makeup and costumes, it really makes it kind of no different than a tribute band. It's just my opinion. Uh... And I, and I take issue with that because, you know, Ace was the spaceman. Peter was the catman. Eric Carr was the fox. Vinny Vincent, as much as, as I dislike him, you know, he was the onk, the onk warrior, the, whatever you want to call him. You know, their personalities uh, and, and their characters were one and the same and weren't... I didn't think of them as interchangeable with anybody else. So when I see two replacement members take on the personas of two of the founding members that are no longer there, um, it does dilute the... uh, it It dilutes the... Trying to think of the proper terminology... The essence, I guess, for lack of a better word. It it dilutes the essence of what the original band was about. Four different personalities, four different characters, all united for the sole purpose of creating great rock and roll music meant to, meant to be played live and with a great show behind it. So that's the only problem that I have with that. But I don't think... Uh, anyone should be begrudged from... Uh, I don't begrudge anyone from going to see the the current lineup as is. If that's what you want to go see, go ahead. But I can say that I saw the original lineup 
you know, on their last tour together. And for me, that's as good as gold. But, you know, they're doing their end of the road tour, I think, up till 2011 or possibly, sorry, 2000, 2011. God, I'm, I'm so lost. Uh, 2021 or 2022. I, I'm not sure, but you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's safe to say that I think it's maybe time that they, uh, did hang up everything and that they, you know, they, they ride into the sunset knowing that they did conquer the rock, the, the world of rock and roll for the past 50 years, you know, good on them. Um, uh, but I hope they stick to it this time. Because I think the biggest sham that um, bands do is this idea of a farewell tour. Because a lot of a lot of bands say that they're going on their farewell tour, and either a the tour never ends, or b the tour ends and then they're back in the studio recording a new album, ready to go on the road again. Dolomite, what do you have to say about that? Bitch, are you for real? Thank you, Dolomite. I think I know when this whole farewell thing happened. Um, you know, when it, when it all started and when it started to snowball into, you know, the whole overstaying your welcome at the party type thing. Uh, you think about the Beatles and you think about the concert that they played on the rooftop of the Apple building. You know, th- that for all intents and purposes was their, their farewell show. Or that was the last time the four of them played live together in a live setting. You know, and people were like, are the Beatles going to get back together? Can we get the Beatles back together? Meanwhile, John was already with Yoko. Ringo was doing his thing. George Harrison was doing his thing. And Paul McCartney was with Wings. So that was a band whose legacy was solidified because they never really reunited to perform live together. You know, they, they, they kept it intact. They, they, their integrity, they, they, they kept their, they, they kept their uh, legacy intact. I'd have to say that I think it started with The Who because I remember um, yeah, after Keith Moon died, they replaced him with Kenny Jones. And they released uh, two albums with Kenny Jones as their drummer. Um, Face Dances and uh, I think it was Eminence Front. I think that was the name of it. And then they went on their farewell tour or what was their first farewell tour. That was in 82. I wasn't at the show because I was two years old, but my godfather did have it on VHS. So I watched it. Great show. Obviously, you know, you could tell that the Who was going out as champs because, you know, they still sounded tight. They still sounded great. Then they got back together for Live Aid and then in 1989, they went on tour for the 20th anniversary of Tommy. And then all throughout the 90s up until today, there were sporadic performances and also tours between them. 
So the who never really went away. You know, I think they just released their most recent album, their second album since their original breakup. Uh, and they just did another tour of the States over the, over the summer. So I'd have to say that I think the who was the first band to say that they were breaking up and going on a farewell tour and they kept coming back. But I'll tell you, even at the age that Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey are, they're still performing like they like age has never affected them. Although Pete Townsend will say till he's blue in the face that he hates performing and he hates touring, but you know it's it's how he makes a living. Me and you got to respect that. Um, so you know he's going up on stage doing it reluctantly, but still he plays well while doing it. And Roger Daltrey, I don't think he's ever had a bad night. I mean, that man has the most powerful voice in rock um, that's been doing this since the 60s. You know, like, he's just... I don't think he's ever been off of his game. You know? And, and, and I hope he never does get off his game because... That would be a travesty. I mean, such such a talent, such a pop vocal powerhouse. So even though the Who were the first to break the farewell tour thing, um, that's okay. I can give them a pass because it's the Who. Where my problem lies, it was is, you know. I've already explained to you how I felt about Kiss going on their farewell tour back in twenty, back in two thousand, and you know, staying or sticking around as long as they did without two of their original members. After I thought that the band was done by then, so you know, a little betrayal there, but whatever. I'm not butthurt over it. I'm over it. Um, I didn't even take issue with Judas Priest. And I went to the Epitaph tour in 2011, where they performed a near three-hour concert, which was amazing. And they performed songs that I never thought I'd ever hear live. You know, I got to hear them do uh, Blood Red Skies. I got to hear them do Starbreaker. And... You know, they did Victim of Changes, which, you know, has been in their set list for so long. Regardless, the point is, Priests were amazing when I saw them on their farewell tour. And then three years later, they released Redeemer of Souls. Now, I did not go to that tour, any of the uh, legs of that tour, because I was very upset that they broke their word. But I loved the album, Redeemer of Souls. I was just like... You know, I should be mad at them. And, you know, the ethical side of me says that I should be mad at them. But I can't be mad at them because they released such a killer album. You know, uh, with my three favorite songs being uh, Halls of Valhalla, Sword of Damocles, and March of the Damned. Um, Three songs that I think hold up along with the best pre-songs ever written. So when Firepower came out, 
I just said, I have to see them on this tour. So not only did I see them on the Firepower Tour when it came to the Nassau Coliseum, I went to see them again when they played Jones Beach the same year with Deep Purple. And let me just tell you, like, Ian Hill and Rob Halford are pushing 70. Again, did not miss a beat. And Scott Travis is one of the best drummers in metal. And I'm really glad that they that Andy Sneap filled in for uh, Glenn Tipton and played rhythm guitar. And Richie Faulkner is just a beast. Probably the most talented guitar player that's playing classic metal that I've seen in a very long time. You know, there are elements of him that remind me of K.K. Downing. There's also elements of him that remind me of Randy Rhodes. So I can't help but be biased towards him because he reminds me of two of my favorite guitar players. So I give Priest a pass. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, Lou, who do you not give a pass to? I'm glad you asked. So there's a huge stadium tour coming in the summertime. One big blast of 80s nostalgia. And if you haven't figured it out, you're living under a rock. But Def Leppard is going on a co-headlining tour with support from Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and Poison and the other band on that lineup as co-headliner is none other than Motley Crue. Yes, the same Motley Crue who four years ago signed an agreement, a cessation of touring agreement, that they would never tour again. They are back. How do I feel about this? Okay. First of all, I don't know why Tommy Lee even agreed to it in the first place because he can't stand those songs. Tommy Lee is all about being a a wannabe hip-hopper right now. Like, that's all he wants to do. He wants to do DJ stuff. He wants to do hip-hop. When he does his roller coaster drum solo, or should I say his drum solo on a roller coaster, he's not soloing. Tommy Aldridge was a soloist. Neil Peart was a soloist. This guy is just playing drums over hip-hop songs. That's what his solos consist of. And I don't find that impressive at all. In fact, I think it's pretty weak. And obviously, this tour... Now, I know I gave the Black Crows a lot of shit when I called their tour Money Grab, but even that looks, like, legitimately sincere compared to this. Because this, ladies and gentlemen, this Motley Crue reunion is a freaking Money Grab of the worst kind. And I cannot... In good conscience, get behind it. I can't do it. Should I remind everyone of their performance on their farewell tour with Neil, with Vince Neil singing 
Kisamaha. I mean, Bob Dylan sounded more, coher- more coherent than he did. You know, Vince takes pride, I think, in doing the least amount of work possible just for the sake of giving people a chance to relive a memory for their youth by playing old Molly Crew songs. But, you know, when you're skipping every other syllable in a song or every other word, I'm not going to pay my hard-earned money to see that in concert. I'd rather just stay home or listen to it in my car and sing along with it myself. Or I'll go see a tribute band who actually does all the songs as we remember them on record and does them well. I'd rather do that than shell out minimum $140 for a nosebleed seat at uh, City Field to go see Def Leppard and Molly Crew with Joan Jett and Poison together. And again, I don't begrudge anybody for wanting to go see it, but I sure as hell won't. Uh... You know, I can't respect it. I, I I really can't respect it. And, you know, there are a lot of Molly Crew fans out there that feel otherwise. So, you know what? Hey, this, this is your chance. It's your 140 bucks, not mine. I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, if that's what you'd rather spend your money on, go ahead. I'd rather spend it on going to see Frank Marino, who doesn't tour or barely tours because who knows if he'll tour again after this tour. I mean, to me, I'd rather see musicians who take pride in still being able to play their instrument and care about putting on a good performance. I mean, to me, that's how I feel about Frank Marino. You know, even Rush didn't want to rip the fans off. You know, I just found out that towards the end of the Clockwork Angel store, sorry, not the Clockwork Angel store, the R40 tour, you know, that's when Neil discovered that he had brain cancer. And, you know, he made that conscious decision, you know, behind the scenes to say, look, I don't think I could tour anymore. I just want to be with my daughter. I want to get better. You know, I need to you know, step back away from all this. And Alex and Getty respected Neil enough to say, okay. And again, this is a band that has left their integrity intact because they did the right thing for themselves and by their fans rather than find new ways to rip the fans off. So it's funny, after Molly Crew announced that they were... Uh, reuniting and going on the stadium tour, I remember I posted uh, two photos, one of the crew and one of Rush. And the joke that I posted was that, you know, people should be more like Rush because they had more integrity. Uh, I forgot the uh, lines of the jokes. I'm just providing the context of it. And I said, this is Molly Crew. This is Rush. Be more like Rush. And I, you know, I apologize. I forget what the bulk of it was. But, you know, I mean, to me, Rush is a band who 
even if you like them or not, deserves respect because they did everything on their own terms. Uh, Molly Crew, you know, I, I still have a soft spot in my heart for uh, Too Fast for Love and Shot of the Devil. And I love the self-titled album from 94 that, you know, Nikki Six poo-poos any chance he gets. Regardless, the tour is happening. If you're going to go see it, I hope you have a great time. And I just hope that they put forth effort to warrant their being back. Because if not, well, I just hope you don't feel like you wasted your money on nothing. That's all I can say. Uh, what else is going on with the music world? Ah, yes, I remember. They announced the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Uh, you know, the artists are getting inducted for 2020. So let's go on the, let's go on the internet real quick. So we can see who is getting inducted. And who got shafted? So let's see. What do we got here? Class of 2020 inductees. There we go. This is going to be hilarious. <laughs> okay, so we got Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, the Notorious B.I.G. and T-Rex. No Motorhead, no Soundgarden, no Judas Priest. I'm absolutely thrilled. Oh, and no Thin Lizzy either. And I'm absolutely thrilled that those four bands are not getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they don't need it. They have their fans, they have their legacy, and they have their integrity. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a club that it almost feels like you're kind of forced to join them because as a recording artist, you release your album and you're eligible for induction 25 years after you release your debut album. To quote Groucho Marx, I wouldn't want to join any club that would have me as a member. To me, that's the most rock and roll attitude that you could have. And Motorhead, Judas Priest, Thin Lizzy, and Soundgarden need the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as much as they need a disco hit. So I couldn't be happier for the fact that those bands aren't getting inducted. Um, now, although I'm a fan of Depeche Mode... And the Doobies and Nine Inch Nails. You know, as far as T-Rex is concerned, I only know a couple of their songs like uh, Solid Gold, Easy Action, Jeepster, and Get It On Bang A Gong. I really don't know any other T-Rex songs. And it's funny because my old friend from uh, middle school, Steve, posted on my wall, can you please explain to me how T-Rex gets inducted but Dave Matthews doesn't? And I told them, I, I, ca I can't explain it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, T-Rex was a band that was around before my time. So I guess for you to 
find T-Rex significant to you, I guess you had to be there to experience it because I wasn't around. By the time I was born, I think Mark Bolin had already been gone. I think he'd already been dead for many years or maybe three years, the max. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, and 21st Century Digital Boy. I'm sorry. That's another T-Rex song that I remember because uh, I remember Drainus, T.H. and Def Leppard covered that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> T-Rex, you know, that's, that's yay. <laughs> um, Depeche Mode, uh, all right. So they had one, they have one new wave band in there. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, you know, I mean, Trent Reznor was there the year before inducting The Cure. So I guess it was only a matter of time. Uh, the Doobies, uh, I guess you need a Heritage Act in there. What in God's name is the Notorious B.I.G. Uh, it's doing in there. I, I, I do, uh, look, grew up a city kid, loved Biggie, loved Tupac, but to call Whitney Houston and B.I.G. rock and roll, I mean, now you're just taking liberties with the with 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 the genre you know what i mean like you're saying oh rock and roll encompasses all genres i'm like really then why do so many people want to be excluded from everything rock and roll is about and you're now saying well it's supposed to encompass all genres meanwhile people want to divide away from it they want to be r&b they want to be hip-hop like they that's how they want to identify as but no because you see it as a sign of diversity or you see it as a sign of inclusiveness it's like you know you want to throw that in there meanwhile it's like there are several other rock and roll artists that have released quality music that you've completely overlooked you know and this is not a knock on Whitney Houston or, or or Biggie but you know Whitney Houston's a Grammy dar. She was a Grammy darling. You know, she was she she won Grammys for everything that she released. You know, and to put her in something called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Motown Hall of Fame, yeah, I could see that. Pop Music Hall of Fame, absolutely, I could see that. Rock and Roll, I think even Whitney Houston would say that there's nothing rock and roll about her. Now, Bobby Brown, on the other hand, I mean, you know, that dude was, he was pretty rock and roll. You know, he was the bad boy of New Edition. You know, and I remember my prerogative and uh, humping around, you know, that was probably as rock and roll as you can get. Although, you know, he considered it more like New Jack Swing. But regardless, you know. Regardless of the fact that uh, Whitney Houston is no longer with us, God rest her soul. Um, you know, I guess it's nice to see her get um, accolades after her passing. It just it just sucks that nobody appreciated her while she was alive, and they exploited her with that reality show where she visibly needed help. You know, but hey, uh, you know, normality doesn't get ratings or sell records, right? It's such such a shame that this poor woman is gone and 
you know, her daughter, uh, Bobby, uh, well, what's her name? Uh, Bobby Christine is, is gone as well. You know, leaving Bobby Brown without his wife, without his daughter, you know, and I guess it's nice to see her get accolades for her contributions to music, albeit not rock and roll, but music in general. Still, it would have been nice for her to have been appreciated when she was alive by these freaking bottom-feeding networks and record label people. You know, it's too bad that they had to enable her by, you know, giving her money to help fund her habit when she should have been getting help. But, eh, that's the music industry for you. You know, you're only as good as you were yesterday, and... You're only good to me if you draw me money. That's the name of the game of the music industry. Which is why I tell all people, stay indie and don't fall victim to the machine. And if you decide you want to join the machine, then wake up to what the machine offers, what they give, and what they could take away. Alright? So, that's all I really got to say about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Screw you guys. Motorhead, Judas Priest, Thin Lizzy, and Soundgarden are too good for your stupid little club. And, nah, that's all I got to say about that. Anyways, I uh, want to give a shout out to my fellow friends with their podcasts, J-Cab Morris and Yakuza Kick Radio, uh, Shaheen and Wrestling Overdose, Wayne over with the Rat Side Review Network, who again, thank you for hosting the Music is Life podcast. Uh, Ralph and Ian over at the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Josh and Nesbitt over at Talking Maiden. Great show. Looking forward to your review of Virtual Eleven. And to Aaron and Chris of Decibel Geek. Anyways, uh, hit me up at lou.mavs at gmail.com. Check me out on Facebook and Instagram, Music is Life Lou Mavs. Uh, follow me, like me, uh, correspond with me. I'll always write back and I'll catch you guys on a future episode. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, this is the music is live podcast. This is Lou Mavs and I'm out. Peace.